0: Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Holtcast. Cole Petum here as always, and we're here to attempt to talk about, I really should say, Brighton-Nil, Aston Villa-Nil. Um, I, I still don't think the Villa side has shown up at the Amex Stadium. We're still waiting for their arrival based on that lackluster performance, and somehow we still ended up with a point all thanks to Emmy Martinez. So maybe I should say brighton nil emmy martinez fc nil as well but anyways of course we have two guests as always i'll go to danny raza first so
1: danny how you doing bro just like after the game yesterday i'm feeling pretty fatigued i'm feeling pretty tired that's that that's that's the truthfulness villa give me a bit of energy either they perk me up or they make me rage right now cole i just want to feel something because i'm not feeling anything right now
0: Fair enough. And I, I mean, <laughs> we always kind of ske- have to schedule podcasts around how we're feeling. It, it definitely applies to Danny because I messaged him on Saturday, of course, after the game asking, well, do you want to do it tonight? Let's just get this over with. I don't want to do this tomorrow. I'm exhausted after that. And it's just like, yeah, fair enough. I mean, how many nil-nil podcasts probably won out last night about that anyway. So we'll be trendsetters and go for the Monday uploads as usual. So hopefully you guys enjoy that. But of course, it's a uh, a party of three today. I'd, I'll say it PG this time. Um, I won't call it a 3 somewhere, or a 3 away. But nonetheless, it's Simon O'Regan. Simon,
2: how you doing? Uh, yeah, not too bad, thanks. Um, still disappointed from that result last night, but having had the chance uh, to sort of calm down a bit, I'm a bit more philosophical about it than than maybe Daniel is still at the moment.
0: (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. I I mean, if anyone's looking for general history on this fixture, it's definitely not one that's kind of glorified since probably 1981 based off this stat. So basically in the last seven league games uh, in which Brighton have hosted, Villev, or have well have hosted Villa, i should say um there's been only eight goals scored in total with neither side managing to score more than one goal um in a single game during this run so one win each five draws um glad i finally got that in my yap but nonetheless yeah the, all these stats just kind of maybe i should have looked at this before um the game even happened because it just doesn't seem a promising one and daniel come to you first because brighton to be fair to them i mean like, I'll I'll be blunt. They probably deserve to win. And it's kind of easy for me to say that they're on a good run. I don't think they've lost since, I think it was early December. Um, And I I think they're one of these teams we're looking at going, you know what, if they had a few more key pieces, they could definitely probably be upper mid table. You could arguably say based on the style of football and how they play. But I I guess just to try to go over the whole game um, kind of in one piece here, what were your thoughts on it?
1: Yeah, I mean look, Brighton played well. They played good football, but I just I can't hide away from the fact that we just didn't even bother to uh, test their defense. Like that's it at the end of the day. You know, Brighton did play well. They played good football. Their chances weren't amazing. I mean, that's down to our defense and that's down to our goalkeeper as well to be fair, like saving whatever shots they did have, but you know, they weren't they weren't up and at us like a Leeds United or a Manchester City would have been. You know, those are the kinds of sides that if Villa turned up and played like the way they did, you know, be getting destroyed, you know, thankfully for, for Villa. Um, I think when you look at Brighton's attack, I still think they were, they almost felt a little bit detached from their midfield. You know, they had a lot of possession. They were, you know, testing the defense quite a lot. But in general, I just thought they weren't massively potent. You know, like coming close to the end of the game as well, I didn't actually feel like Brighton were going to score. I was a little bit scared, but I didn't really think they were going to. Um, and I think that's it for me, really. It's just that Brighton were there. They gave a good performance, you know, um, a team that are in form. And you can see they're in form because, you know, a few of those players had a, had a chip on their shoulders. You know, you look at guys like McAllister, you look at, you know, um, Dan I thought it was very good. Um, surprisingly, I was not expecting that guy to be as technically skilled as he was. I wasn't expecting him darting forward the way he was either. But uh, yeah, I, I think I think at the end of the day, it deserved a little bit more performance from Villa. And at the end of the day, there was only one team there.
0: Yeah, and the funny thing about Dan Byrne, I think that was like his 50th uh, appearance for Brighton or something like that. and I don't, I don't know how many times the commentators brought that up, and you know when they do, they're just hoping he gets an assist or he scores a goal or something kind of monumental to mark that occasion for him. And to be fair, he obviously had one that Emmy Martinez made a fantastic save from that header, and then you had one which was just a, just a typical uh, defender's kind of attempt on goal from... Pretty far outside the box, I guess you could say. But Simon, I'll come to you. How are you feeling about this one? And I guess more so, what do you chalk this kind of lackluster performance to? Like, do you think it's a one off? Where do you sit with it?
2: Um, it's a uh, part of me would like to think it was just a bit of a one off. I mean, it's hard to say. Really. From Brighton's point of view, that game it sort of sums up their season. I think really they've they've played quite well for the majority of the year. But they just don't have goal scorers, and that's sort of the main difference, really. If they'd had, a, if they had a goal score, they probably would have won that game, and they'd have won a few more this season. For Villa, it's um, really disappointing. Obviously, going forwards, that's is very rare this season. If at all, you can say that we've offered nothing. Like going forward, like even in the Leeds game when we lost, you know, there were still a few chances that we created in that game. Man City, we had a few chances away as well. So it was just really disappointing. And there shouldn't really be an excuse because they had a week off to prepare. So it's not it's not like you could say that they should have been tied. But that front four just did look so tired and we gave the ball away so much. Um, but I think Dan made a good point about you Look at Brighton's chances, other than that header from Byrne, which he mentioned. Or there are other shots I kind of would have expected Martinus to save them anyway. Like he did well to him. don't get me wrong. Like I don't think I'd have saved some of them, but a keep of his quality. I think it was only really that Dan Byrne chance when you say that that was a, an outstanding save. The others you kind of expect them to, but it was it's just disappointing the amount of opportunities we gave Brighton throughout the game. I mean, I think they had 26 efforts. Um, over the ninety minutes, which is, is far too many, and to come away with a clean sheet from those amount of shots on the goal is, is pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, I think there was one more save. I think I think it was a either a Trossard or a McAllister shot that was deflected, and Emmy dove the right way and it hit his hip. I mean, free a bit of luck. Pardon? Was it a free kick? I think it was a rebound from a free kick. I think. Uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, there is a few of those. I don't know how many times we gave away the ball on the edge of our box. It's just it's really frustrating and let's actually let's talk about this right now because i feel so bad for this man marvelson akamba what does he have to do to get more than one game in a row into this side he has done nothing wrong he has the, i think the highest pass percentage in the highest numbers i think i mean smaller game size i think he's only featured seven times a season or something like that in total but like what does he have to do to get in the side, Danny? Because I, you look at Brighton in particular, they're a side that likes to press. They like to kind of put you into that trap and move forward. And we saw how much we struggled with the top four moving the ball around. We just couldn't get that fluidity done today or yesterday, I guess you could say, because you'll hear that. Or two days ago, I guess you could say, because you hear this on Monday. We're recording on Sunday if I get my, my days right. But... What like what? What do we have to do to get this man in the side? Do we have to have a petition? Like it's getting a little ridiculous.
1: I, I wasn't. I think. I think the issue is you've got McGinn and Louise who almost have been guaranteed starters the start of the season, and then you've got Barkley who almost seems to like not be, you know, not be able to do anything wrong in a way. Like it's it's almost as though you know he's getting caps and getting uh, in the team every week. For you know, for for reasons like, well, it almost seems like we have Barkley in there for what he can do rather than what he has been doing. I don't want this to turn to a massive criticism of everybody, but at the end of the day, when Nakamba came in for Douglas Louise, uh, sorry, when, when Nakamba came in for John McGinn, we won the game, right? When Nakamba came in for Douglas Louise, we also won, <laughs> and it almost feels like we had better control of our midfield. am I, am I right in saying that? Was the in for McGinnon was it Newcastle?
0: Yeah, because he was a yeah, standard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: So I I it's almost just like, you know, he comes in, has a good game. And I think people were worried that he's not quite the passer. You know, he hasn't got quite the same sort of technical ability. Well, I I I don't think that's true. Yeah, he hasn't got a shot on him, but you know, Douglas Louise hasn't scored from long range all season. I think um I don't think McGinn's been scoring many this season either. This isn't a criticism of McGinn and, and and Louise, but I've been, you know, we've been talking about this. We have not had an awful lot of time on the ball. And when we haven't got an awful lot of time on the ball, I would rather somebody like Nakamba go in there just to make things a little bit more solid, just to have somebody who has a bit more energy in that midfield. And yeah, I I just think that um, it was a shame that he didn't play. I mean, I also thought that maybe we needed to go with three in midfield rather than Barkley up top with, um, with Watkins. But again... Um, We have this rigid structure. We have this rigid sort of way that Dean Smith wants to play. And we don't move away from that. And I guess that's okay until you need a plan B. Uh, And, you know, we weren't outplayed in the second half in the Villa game. Um, We were outplayed the entire game. Like it was pretty clear from early on in that game that Brighton were just all over us. Uh, and 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 part of that was due to the fact we had no grip in midfield i'm getting a little bit worried now because it seems to become uh it seems to be becoming a bit of a pattern with and louise now you know two massively talented midfielders don't get me wrong but it seems to be a bit of a pattern in recent weeks we have no grip in midfield whatsoever
0: yeah see see that's where honestly when i was kind of thinking ahead of this game i was kind of hoping it would be Nakamba, louise and i i guess from there maybe you'd probably put Ross Barkley just ahead of them but I thought you know what McGinn's looked a little shaky the last few weeks and he's I don't know if just maybe it's the way he runs he always looks tired maybe that's just how he runs well, like what
1: was that mentioned to you about McGinn yesterday you he, he's, he's like playing on the other on the other side of playing the field. on the I left know, a if lot? If a he thing? always
0: plays on the right yeah he was forced well I mean that was kind of just the way Brighton set up really he looked at Grealish he was trying to get rid uh away from Veltman so much and Veltman to his credit, did a fantastic job yesterday. So I guess there's that. He moved to the right. You had uh, Birdie moving to the left, and then they swapped it just because it didn't work still. It's pretty easy to recognize those things after a couple minutes of the the opposition team, especially when things aren't going your way. And then you just look at the midfield, and I I think we've seen this kind of, you could say, maybe in the Southampton game, a few other ones this season as well, where we just, I guess long story short, we don't do well against teams that press us, and we still haven't figured that out. We go to Arsenal, we play Liverpool, you, we, anything top side related, it seems we do well because we know they're going to have a lot of the ball. They're not going to press us. They're going to try to just strangle us with possession and we do well. We don't do well when there's ex- like extreme pressure. You look at Leeds. I mean, even that game though, I guess you could say if Grealish scored, that could have been a whole different story as well. But I don't know. These next two games make me really nervous because you have Leicester and then you have Leeds. I don't really know what to expect going forward, but uh, Simon, what are your thoughts?
2: Do you think anything kind of needs to change going into the next game? It's, it's a tough one for me with Nicamba because I get obviously he played really well against Arsenal, but I do understand why Louise is brought back in because I get, Nakamba does sort of he tick keeps the ball ticking over quite nicely with short passes, but he doesn't have that long passing range that Louise does have. Um so I I can, I can see why Louise is brought back in. Uh, going forward, it's difficult to t- say really because is, was that game just a complete one-off or is it something that's going to you know, uh, filter into the uh, performances over the next few weeks? Like, I think obviously we've got Leicester coming up next. I wouldn't be surprised when the Canberra came in for that because I think you need to have someone stopping James Madison really and I think the Canberra is probably going to be a bit more disciplined in that. Um I, I don't know. It was, it was just to say it's a tough one to sort of put your finger on how you know how do you improve it because you know the uh, week before against Arsenal, okay, we only got the one goal, but we still had sort of a few decent chances on the break with that front four moving the ball quickly. So I think Barkley I think Barkley needs to do a bit more. I I thought some of the criticism was little over the top that he got last night i don't think he didn't play well but i don't think any of that front four did so it was a bit unfair for him to get singled out but i don't think he could have too many complaints if he's taken out the team for next week
0: yeah and Danny, I'll come right back to you and i think this is kind of just a mentality thing and maybe just our mindset as fans given this season given the rapid success we've had Do you think, and I mean, literally at time of recording on Sunday, Everton are losing two nil to to Fulham. So they're in seventh. We're sitting in eighth. I mean, we're on 36 points. We're above Tottenham. We're above Arsenal, Wolves, Leeds, a bunch of other teams, of course. We're, of course, West Ham play on the Monday. If they lose, we're only three points off them for sixth. Chelsea are on the same amount of points at 39. Um, Liverpool are fourth at 40. Like, we're literally four points off of fourth and i i think we're getting into that point of the season where we have to be careful as fans of i don't want to be saying expecting too much but do you know what i mean danny it, it, we're kind of guiding that kind I of going know. we're kind of going over that line of well you know what look at last season of this season like should we not just be happy realistically we're, with it? with whatever happens at top 10 finish
1: we're not complaining
0: no but just, you've got to like
1: no, no, no I, I, I get that. I get that. But, you know, with increased responsibility... Spider-Man once said, with great power comes great responsibility, right? This team has, has great resp- you know, as has a great amount of power right now to do something special. And I think we can all see that. We know that there's talent in this team that can take Villa to Europe. Am I expecting it? No. But we can't compare this Villa side the team from last season we can't measure them on this we're not battling relegation you know this is this is about what's the next step for villa we were playing some beautiful football pre the whole covid crisis at villa right now it's about what's changed why aren't we still playing that football it's good in a sense that we have gotten solid you know we got outplayed we got played out of our socks by brighton But we outplayed them in the last game. We played against them, and we didn't get the points, right? But still, you know, we we outplayed. What what was different this time round? Our performance levels dropping. It looks like they might be. Um, But that said, Cole, I'm just you know you know measuring stick and all of that. You're right. Everton right now are getting destroyed by Fulham. I, you know, this is a podcast which is going to go out after that game, but and they're probably going to come back and win 3-2. But, you know, it's good to see, it's good to see Emi Martinez having, uh, being praised and the pressure. It's good to see the defence being praised and the pressure. It's good to, look, we, we were out here, you know, maybe worrying about Tyrone Mings and his performance levels a few weeks ago. That man's been one of Villa's top performers in the last few weeks. Those mistakes have been cut out. Right. And, uh, you know, as I say, as I say, you know, this, this, this team, they, they've got massive resistance. They're, they're doing well to kind of, um, still be up there and still be picking up points, even when they're not playing great, but these performance levels, they're not good enough. Right. And if the defense, you know, has a lack of confidence at some point or whatever, it could come apart. It's pressure. Football's very, very precious. It's very sort of, um, if 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 one of the cogs doesn't work, you can see the entire team could go off the rails. We don't want that for Villa. We don't want them to whimper off. We don't want them to kind of like end up in free fall in 12th, 13th, 14th. We want to see this team execute what they can. Do you know what I mean? We want to see them grab, uh, you know, grab the proverbial bull by the horns. That's what I'm trying to say. And um, I understand this isn't a massive rallying speech, but... And I understand I'm very tired, Colin. I don't know where my train of thoughts go, <laughs> But I'm just saying that the criticism from fans that the team is getting, I don't think is massive. I don't think it's negative. I think it's just, we're just asking questions. But but what points
0: total would you be happy with, realistically, at this point? I mean, I think a lot of, especially going into this season, we're thinking, you know what, we'll probably take 40 points. And I think that was just based on how last season was.
1: I don't work on points totals, Cole. I, I work <laughs> on positions. I work on. I work on positions. I wanna. <laughs> I that want tactical to be...
0: finesse. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: I want. I want Villa to be above Leeds. I want them to be above West Ham. That probably won't finish above West Ham. Possible, but I want Villa to be in and amongst the Tottenhams and the Everton's and the Leicester's and the Arsenal's... Well, not the Arsenal's and the Manchester Uniteds. That's that's where I want to see Villa in and around. But I'm not expecting anything of them. I'm just hoping that's all fair enough I I mean to be fair David
0: Moyes always has a slide in them somehow so I wouldn't be shocked if they kind of fell down a little bit but we can always hope we hopefully pick up and other people fall down but that's the reality of it Simon I'll come to you different kind of topic and I mean of course we saw um, Maddie Target go off with a hamstring injury of course and Elmo came on King Elmo of course and now people on Twitter and social media are freaking out thinking well why don't you get rid of Gilbert what are you doing like in my mind i'm sitting there going how can you forecast this ever happening first of all the whole mentality of people just thinking players are robots and they just oh this one's broken pull the other one out of the drawer we can use this one uh but like what are your thoughts and i guess confidence levels if elmo has to take over for i don't know a week two weeks a month
2: i've got no problem with elmo i'm a big fan of his like uh amongst my friends it's it's quite a big joke that I'm like his number one fan or something. And I'm not quite that far. It was because I once said he's not that bad. And all of a sudden that made me seem crazy, but I, I think he's a decent player. Like, okay, he's, he's nothing special, but he's, he's solid and he'll do a decent job. I mean, he came in, uh, I think it was Burnley at home and cash was suspended and he did a, a perfectly good job. So I kind of, I, I don't get why people be so annoyed at that. You know, he's never really let us down. Um, and as a second choice right back, I, I, you know, you could do a lot worse. So, um, yeah, I've got no real problem with Elmo. He's got to step in for a bit.
0: Yeah, sorry. I was just coughing. If <laughs> these guys can see my camera because I just, my water went down the wrong tube and I'm dying here in the <laughs> background. So, okay. All good now. But, yeah, I, I think that's, it's an interesting one because, I mean, to be fair don't feel bad because another man in this group danny Raza, has also been made fun of in the past for saying someone's not that bad and that man was wesley and then me and james used to say he had a man crush on him so if you're an og listener to the podcast uh, you'll know what i'm talking about as danny sits there with no expression on his face to whatsoever. be fair he hasn't, sco- he hasn't scored in over a year yeah true useless (laughs) anyways let's go to twitter here because of course after every game i asked for your thoughts we did something a little bit different this time um asked for your three word summaries and i don't know if this is just the performance and the game yesterday or if people just like to do this way more but we had 95 people uh tweet in um there are three word responses um a lot were explicit so i might have to use that tag on uh this one but i'll try to read about maybe five to eight of these right now. But let's start with Phil. He says a bit flat. Uh, Sue Mason says we're still eighth. Uh, Tom Jones, dreadful besides Martinez. Um, Dale O'Sullivan, buggered in Brighton. Let's go to Stephen Phillips saying great defensive performance. Anthony Agui saying Effing dog shit. (laughs) I guess I could have said fucking dog shit because I said shit. So whatever. Uh, We are allowed to swear on this podcast from time to time. So if you don't like it, close your ears, please. Uh, Robert Parker makes the rules. Yes, I do. Of course. Uh, Robert Parker says out of jail. Uh, Paul Pierce says the three P's piss poor performance. Um, Oh, there was a really good one yesterday. If I could find it. Uh, Aston Araya says well below par and we'll finish with. um, Hmm. Uh, Louisville Lions yikes get better Uh, there was a few other ones I mean there's 95 of these I uh, appreciate all the support of course we'll do it again and hopefully we get a similar response because that was brilliant and my phone was going absolutely mental after the game so always appreciate it you can tweet us at 7500 to Holt so Danny I'll come back to you I mean I guess to kind of wrap this all up, and I mean, this hasn't been maybe the most informative podcast, but I don't know. Essentially, how you make a nil-nil into a, a barn-burning segment. But moving forward into Leicester, into Leeds, what's your mindset going into these? Where do you think we can kind of take this result
1: and move on from? Do you want me to be honest? Yeah, that's what it's zero about. points. Um, I'm I'm saying it right now, and I'm I'm not trying to be negative. I'm trying to put my I'm trying to put my football hat on. I've seen nothing from Villa to suggest that they can go up and put up and put up anything against Leeds or Leicester, right? Villa Villa's defence, brilliant, but against uh, against Leicester, who we did beat earlier on in the season when we were playing a little more free flowing and we were, you know, and 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 a greenish, Barkley. Um, It wasn't Bertrand back then. It was Trezeguet Watkins as well. You know, it almost seemed like earlier on in the season had a a little bit more space. What we've seen recently is that Barkley's not performing. Bertrand's finding it a little bit more difficult. Um, Grealish is being crowded and hounded. And that is taking everything out of Villa's attack. There is not a plan B. Brendan Rodgers and Marcelo Bielsa are far too good as tacticians to have not seen how Villa play their football and uh, not have a plan for it. I'm just I'm just a little bit unconfident considering how Villa have played recently. We beat Southampton because Southampton have been on a terrible run. We beat Newcastle because they, again, just not all there. You know, uh, the less said about Steve Bruce's tactics, the better. We beat Arsenal because they, again, You know, they've they've had the nickname of Banter FC as of late. You never know what's going to happen with them. Leicester and Leeds United will run their socks off. And I'm not seeing any cohesion amongst Villa's midfield and their attack at the moment. And because of that, I think there's going to be issues. Now, if the defence can hold up, Villa can get get an early goal in either of these games, then we'll wait and see. But they're going to need to put up a hell of a lot more fight than they did against Brighton. Because that performance, the recent performances, Leeds and Leicester, they'll eat that all up. Yeah, and I I think the thing
0: that kind of stuck out most with what you said was as soon as Grillish is basically cut out, we're screwed. And that's what we saw a lot of last season. And it's sort, I don't want to commit to fully saying it, but it sort of feels like we're falling into that a little bit. It's definitely of late, definitely during that fixture congestion. It, like, I don't know, that concerns me a little bit. I don't know. I, I think there just needs to be a little few tactical changes, maybe helps with the mindset, maybe bring Trez back in because I, I feel like offensively we're losing a little bit of that hardworking grit that we d- just had so much composure with when you had Trez in there, when the likes of Algazi was doing well. And I think it was December. I, I just think new mindset, new ideas, it, it needs to come in, but simon i guess before actually want we'll to get to our match balls because i forgot that of course and then we'll wrap things up but is there any point
1: th- of that call first uh, of all like, is there actually any point in doing the match balls we might like... as well we might as well. <laughs> do, are you, do you not do you not already know right i'm not going to spoil it yes we won't it, it, it's the
0: biggest surprise since the uh, i don't know the chinese wall i i don't know the, Berl- the w- Berlin the, sorry,
1: Wall. Sorry, the what? The Chinese Wall?
0: Uh, You know what I mean? The Great Wall of <laughs> China. Jesus. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> but well, was anyway. a surprise call. I'm
1: pretty sure it took them a long time to make it. Anyway.
0: Yeah, apparently you can see it from space, but... <laughs> but anyways, Simon, what are your thoughts on this? Take it away, because me and Danny are just chatting absolute nonsense right now.
2: Uh, the Leicester the game does worry me. I, I must say that. Um, obviously, the form they're in is great, and... As good as we've been defensively, just Jamie Vardy just always terrifies me when he's playing because he's just so good and he seems to find space in behind defences and and Madison and Tiedemans are capable of of finding him in that space. So that game does worry me a bit. The Leeds game, it's a real toss of a coin because you you don't know what you're going to get with them. I mean, they were so bad in that first 45 minutes against uh, Arsenal today. We shouldn't be so much of a surprise because they, they can't defend. Leeds haven't been able to defend all season. Only West Brom have conceded more goals than them this year. So that's the game that if the front four can get going again, then there's, there's goals in it. I, although I would bring Trezeguet back in for, for that game because just because of how Leeds play, uh, they're so going go going forward. And Trezeguet is obviously going to give you more work rate going back than Troyore. He's not got anywhere near for me the level of quality going forward that Troy has but his work rate you know you can't knock that so I'd I'd probably bring him back in for that uh, Leeds game but yeah say the the Leicester game I think if we can get points out of that you you know you you take that you'd be happy with and then the Leeds game like it could be 3-0 either way like just they're the one team that you just cannot predict what's going to happen in in their game so they can get battered 3-4-5 or they can batter someone three, four, five. So it's a tough one to call that one. If they haven't got Calvin Phillips, it gives us a much better chance because they seem to fall apart without him sort of dictating things there. So I have to wait and see on that one, I think.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Arsenal game, of course, 4-2 and without well, it was four what 3-0 at halftime, 4-0 and then end up being 4-2, it could have been easily 6-2 or gone the other way. That was a bit of a mental one, but long story short, you can see what their midfield becomes as soon as they lose someone as important as that. Of course, you could kind of compare that to some of, well, basically Villa losing some of our players as well, but no explanations when I ask these questions, just quick fire answers. Danny, I want to know who is your man of the match? And how many points are we getting out of Leicester and Leeds?
1: Uh Emmy Martinez was man of the match. And I'm literally I'm making myself enemy estate right here. Uh zero (laughs) points out of Leicester and Leeds. I I I would love to be proven wrong, but that's that's my prediction and that's my match ball. Emmy Martinez.
2: Fair enough. Simon, how about you? Uh Martinez, that would be no surprise to anyone, I'm sure. And I think we're going to get three points. I I don't know which one will be, but I think we will beat one of them.
0: Fair enough. I'm going to go a bit different for the match. I'm just kidding. It's (laughs) Emmy Martinez. I don't, anyone else played absolutely piss poor yesterday. In my opinion, it has to be Emmy. I mean, 12 clean sheets. I believe it is now is absolutely unreal. I can't remember the last time we had that many clean sheets at this point in the season. If that's even possible to remember, he's unreal. He's a steal. And yeah, n- n- that's all I can really say about that. I guess I wasn't supposed to kind of explain it, but I did anyway, so I broke my own rule. But nonetheless, for points against Leicester and Leeds, I'm going to go with three. I think we're going to get a win. I just don't know which one. Maybe it won't be deserved. I uh, for, honest, for honest reasons, I don't know why I feel more confident against Leicester than I do Leeds, but... Maybe that's just me being foolish. But, anyways, guys, let's wrap it up there. Uh, thank you very much to Danny and to Simon for joining me. If you want to find Danny on Twitter, it's at Razagerno. If you want to find Simon on Twitter, it's at Cy O'Regan. If you want to find me, Cole on Twitter, it's at Talk Aston Villa. We'll leave it there. Of course, you can tweet the team at 7500 to Holt. You can email the podcast if you want to do so at Holtcast at gmail.com. Hopefully some positive results coming up. We'll be back for the preview against Leicester. And don't forget up oh, the villa.